Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Kelly Murray. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. This is the last episode of the April Stress Awareness Month series. And I'm so delighted to introduce my guest, Kelly Murray. Kelly Murray is a certified adult sleep coach and award-winning pediatric sleep consultant. She helps uber-busy professionals just like you get the one thing that is holding you back from achieving ultimate world domination, consistent, lush, deep sleep. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. And I love that world domination with lush sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. All things are possible with adequate sleep. You know, I love starting off the podcast with my favorite question. And that is what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? That's such a great question. I was reading the questions that you wanted to cover today. And, um, you know, that was the first one. I just thought back on my life and how I've changed so dramatically with every season. And so to me, it just means to accept those changes and to reevaluate your wants and needs with every season and do what you can to be the best person that you possibly can be with each changing season. And that's going to change just based on your needs and desires and the stage of life you're in. So for example, um, before becoming a sleep consultant, I had my dream job. I was a medical device sales rep and I absolutely loved it. It was very challenging. I felt like I was helping people. I love um, health and it was my dream job. And I thought I would never want to do anything else. But then once I had children and that job just became too hard to keep up with, with two young children, I decided to redefine myself and open up my own business so that I could have more flexibility. And if you would have told me that I would have left my dream job before I had kids, I never would have believed you. You know, Kelly, and you're and you're absolutely right. Where we are in one season of our life is completely different. Okay, now you have Um, young children. So your life is in a different season. And I'm an empty nester. And my life is in a in a totally different season. Yes, yes, I'm sure I will will change dramatically once I'm an empty nester too. And who knows where it will take me. It's just really great to be on this journey called life, and all the twists and turns. Yeah, absolutely. And I happened to mention to you at the beginning uh, of us recording that you're part of a series for April about stress awareness. So I hope we can talk about a little stress during the, during our conversation, but I would love to hear your journey to becoming a certified adult sleep coach and an award-winning pediatric sleep consultant. Well, it all really started after I had my second child. I used to call him B. Diddy. His name's Brayden 
because he took after P. Diddy, the rapper. He wanted to be awake all night popping bottles of milk. (laughs) Unfortunately, not bottles of champagne, but bottles of milk. And it really left me exhausted, especially since I have always struggled with staying asleep myself. The fact that my baby was waking up every hour on the hour, and then I would have a hard time falling back to sleep. I was just running on fumes. I had no patience for my toddler that I also was caring for and my husband. (laughs) Let's face it, they're like another child too. Um, (laughs) And I just wasn't the best version of myself and I wasn't enjoying life. And I saw um, that he was extremely sleep deprived as well. So I decided to get a hold of it and did what's called sleep training with him. And that's basically teaching a baby how to fall asleep independently Because since I was feeding him to sleep, then in the middle of the night in between sleep cycles, he would wake up and needed to be fed again. And so once I figured that out and addressed it, my life completely changed. I was better rested. I had a ton more patience. I was enjoying motherhood again. And I saw the biggest change in my son. He was hitting his developmental milestones more quickly and uh, was just such a happier child, although he was really happy to begin with. So I decided um, after that to become certified as a sleep consultant to help other moms in a similar situation. I was you know, working as a pediatric sleep coach and really loved it, but I was still struggling with my own sleep. I was like the cobbler who didn't have shoes. <laughs> I felt like such a big hypocrite. So I decided um, to address my sleep by working with an adult sleep coach, and we worked on a lot of behavioral interventions. And they worked really well. I was able to get better sleep, but it still wasn't enough. Um, Then I found Christine Hansen. She's the owner of Sleep Like a Boss. And I decided to work with her because she took a different approach. Not only did she look at the cognitive and uh, behavioral reasons why people are not getting enough sleep, but also the physical. So I ended up taking five functional lab tests and discovered that my hormones were out of whack from having babies. My gut was in disarray. And once I addressed those two things, I have been sleeping like a baby ever since. Um, Sleeping probably even better than I've ever slept in my entire life. So just like when I saw a huge turnaround in my life, when I addressed my son's sleep, since addressing my own sleep made such a profound impact on my health and wellness and well-being, I decided to become an adult sleep coach so that I can help others um, get the sleep they need to be and feel their best. When you said that about getting functional lab tests, I don't think a lot of people think about that. I think they think about, oh, I'm just so busy at work. I need to, I don't know, maybe cut down on my hours or I need to stop watching TV or something. I don't think they're thinking about the the total picture of everything that goes around sleep. And when you mentioned hormones, I just kind of had a light bulb moment there. Yes, I think it's um, overlooked. So I think everyone knows all the right things to do, right? We're not supposed to be on our um, screens before bed. We're supposed to find time to unwind. We want to have a sleep sanctuary to sleep in. And so many people do all those things, but they're still not seeing results. And to me, that's like a check engine light that's on in your car, it's telling you that there's something off with your body physically. 
That's a perfect example when that check engine light. Well, can we just um, go into about how grouchiness, irritability, and mood swings affect a, a, your sleep and the research behind it? And yeah, just go into a little bit more tips about what we can do to get a better night's sleep. Yeah. So when it comes to feeling irritable when you don't get enough sleep, um, there's definitely a link. All the research shows that there's a link um, between sleep deprivation and depression and anxiety. We don't fully understand why, but there's some theories. Uh, So the first theory is that when you're sleep deprived, your body thinks that there's danger present. And so it goes into the fight or flight mode and wants to protect itself. So as a result, it turns the amygdala, which is the portion of the brain that regulates our fear response and all of our emotions, it turns it onto overdrive so that any little tiny stressor is then perceived as a big deal. So it just makes it more challenging to cope with the stresses of life. So that's one um, theory. Another theory is that when we're when we sleep, our body regulates our neuromodulators. And if we're not getting enough sleep, those um, neuromodulators are off, such as dopamine, serotonin, and that's going to impact your mood. When we get down to the root cause, and I'm, I think I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but is the root cause of insomnia, is it both in our mind and our body? Yeah, you can say so. I think there's always a mind-body component to anyone's um, insomnia if they're experiencing chronic sleep issues. You know, it's normal to have a sleepless night here and there if you're under um, abnormal stress. You know, say you have a tight deadline in work or you're waiting for some test results. Of course, that's going to impact your sleep because whenever we're stressed, our bodies produce cortisol, which is um, the alert hormone. And so the more cortisol you have in your system, the more alert you're going to be, and that's going to impact your sleep. So stress definitely plays um, a key role in insomnia. But usually what happens to individuals that experience chronic sleep issues is that it may start off as stress-induced, but then they develop this mindset that they're not a good sleeper. And then that further perpetuates the issue you know, I'm not a good sleeper, not a good sleeper. So there's lots of anxiety around sleep. And so whenever they're stressed, there's more cortisol. And also what happens is in the middle of the night when we have wake-ups, it's really common to wake up um, throughout the middle of the night in between sleep cycles, but the wake-up should be very brief. But if you're experiencing sleep issues and you've convinced yourself that you're not capable of sleeping, then you have this little wake-up and you start to panic. And again, you have that cortisol release. So that's definitely, you know, one component. And um, I'm always working with my clients on their sleep mindset. The other is that there's usually also a physical um, reason too. So when we're not getting enough sleep, it does change your gut's microbiome. So our gut has trillions of little organisms that make up our um, microbiome. And if those organisms are out of whack, say there's too much opportunistic bacteria versus good bacteria, or maybe you have a parasite. And these things can um, fester if you're not getting enough sleep, then that's going to further exacerbate the issue. 
And then that can also lead to hormonal um, disruptions because when we're sleeping, our body resets our hormones. I am so glad you mentioned mindset around sleep because I, I feel like I've always been a good sleeper until um, perimenopause. And then now that you're saying that, I'm wondering sometimes if if the message out there is around um, perimenopause and menopause is that it's so hard. They're setting women up for a bad mindset around sleep and, you know, different things that, that happen in our bodies. Right, right. Well, I know myself, sometimes I still have um, a sleepless night here and there, and it's usually, usually cyclical because I am going through perimenopause and I have estrogen dominance, which is something that I'm continuously working on, bringing down my estrogen. And so I think in the past, when I wasn't working on my mindset, I would let that one sleepless night turn into two or three or four sleepless nights because I would feel like I was doomed to continue to not sleep well. But now I just accept it as normal. Like, okay, I know what the reason is. <laughs> my estrogen's a little high right now where I'm at in my cycle. And I know in a couple of days, I'm going to start sleeping like a champ again. Kelly, when you go on other podcasts, I think that's a perfect topic to go deep into is that mindset around sleep. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so important. It really is. So and just good. analyzing, you know, those messages that you're telling yourself about your sleep and um, questioning whether or not that's 100% true. I'm sure you might be familiar with Byron Katie mm-hmm. and yes. her, the work. I love using that to challenge um, sleep mindset. Can you talk about sleep mindset maybe a little bit more and share a story of taking someone through your program? Yes, yeah. So I have a really good example of somebody I'm working with right now. He came to me and he was waking up a few times in the middle of the night and was awake probably for about 20 minutes each time. I educated him and the fact that it's normal to wake up in the middle of the night, that that's how our bodies are designed, that we go from light to deep sleep, and then there's a little wake up. And during that wake up, you may change positions, fluff your pillow, maybe go to the bathroom, and that that's okay. It's normal. And once he realized that those wake ups were normal, he stopped panicking when he woke up. He became more at peace with it and was able to fall right back to sleep. And I would think that instead of like waking up and two or three times a night and dwelling on, oh my gosh, I'm awake again. And then that going on week after week, I guess thinking about, oh, this is normal. Kelly told me this is normal would make it better for them to fall back to sleep and not worry about it. Yeah, that's pretty much all he needed to know is that it was normal to wake up in the middle of the night. And so then he accepted it as a normal sleep pattern. And so then he didn't go into panic mode when he did wake up. And anytime you go into panic mode, your body's going to start producing cortisol, the alert hormone, which is the opposite of what we want when we're trying to sleep. So can you give us like five tips to help people who may be listening start getting better sleep? Maybe they're at that beginning stage or even in the middle stage of, you know, waking up and they need some some ideas to help them. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing starts with your morning routine. I always recommend that my clients get out of their house and get outside for two to 10 minutes within an hour of waking up. 
Because what that does is it sends a signal to your brain that it's daytime. So we have little neurons in our brains that collect data from the light. And when they receive the data from the light in the morning, specifically, you know, the direction in which the light rays are hitting your eyes, if the light rays are hitting your eyes at a 45 degree angle, that's, you know, a sign that it's early morning. Also, the color of the light rays in the morning, the light rays are typically more um, blue and green. So that data is going to tell your brain to start releasing cortisol. And you want your body to start releasing cortisol right away in the morning so that it rebounds throughout the day. The other thing that this does is it tells your body to start releasing melatonin about 14 hours later. So if you could just get outside for two to 10 minutes without your sunglasses, that's going to make a huge difference in the way your circadian rhythm works. Um, the other thing is to make sure you're taking breaks throughout the day. A lot of us, we go 100 miles per hour from task to task, and we don't take any time to just relax. And if you're constantly go, 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 your cortisol levels are going to be high. So by you know taking a few minutes maybe to do some deep breathing or guided meditation or just simply go for a walk around the block or talk to a friend on a phone, anything that's enjoyable that's going to help to reduce your cortisol levels. That way you don't, they're not so high at night. The other thing that is really helpful is when you um, are experiencing a period of stress or you have a lot of, you know, worries on your mind is to take about 10 to 30 minutes at the end of the day. So maybe around, you know, five o'clock and journal and just get it all out and give your mind some time to process what you're worrying about, and to really think about how these worries make you feel. Because if you don't give your brain that time to process your troubles and your emotions, then three o'clock in the morning when everything's quiet, (laughs) that's what your brain wants to do. And then um, let's see, number four would be to make sure that you have a relaxing bedtime routine that doesn't allow for screen time. So if you're on your iPad, you're watching television, doing work on your phone, what that does is it confuses your body because our devices emit blue and green lights, which signals to the body that it's morning. And so instead of your body producing melatonin, it's going to want to produce cortisol instead. So no screens for at least 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed. And have a very consistent and relaxing bedtime routine. I love starting a bedtime routine with a shower or a bath because what that does is it increases your body temperature while you're in the bath or shower. But as soon as you get out, it will lower your body temperature. And our body temperature has to lower by two degrees in order to get a nice burst of melatonin. And then after you take your, your bath or shower, you do your hygiene then do something relaxing that you really enjoy, you know, such as reading a book or listening to a podcast um, <laughs> or a, a book on tape, doing maybe some stretching, praying, meditating, and just find some time to like really unwind before you get into bed. And then don't get into bed until you're, you feel like sleep is knocking you on the shoulder. Because you should feel like you're ready to fall asleep before you jump in your bed. 
Because if you get into your bed prematurely and you can't fall asleep right away, then you're going to start to worry. And again, you're going to have that cortisol release. And then finally, if you're doing all these things and you still can't sleep, get some functional tests. Um, There's probably a hidden physical stressor that's to blame. Maybe your gut, your hormones, also food sensitivities can cause sleep issues, your thyroid. Another thing that I do with my clients is I check their um, mineral levels. I'm sure we all know how important magnesium is for relaxing your body and brain. So if you have, are you, if you're deficient with your magnesium, that's going to cause sleep issues. But a lot of people don't realize that magnesium is synergistic with other minerals. So if you're deficient in say potassium or sodium, then you're not going to be absorbing your magnesium as well. So don't accept that having sleep issues is normal. Um, There's always a reason So if you've already addressed your mindset, your behaviors, you have perfect sleep hygiene, then I would definitely encourage you to see a functional medical practitioner or working with um, someone like me. My mentor has a certification in functional diagnostic nutrition, and I'm going for my certification as well. So we're able to take these lab tests for you and look at them from a sleep perspective. Kelly, that was such good information that you just provided there. And I did not know about going outside in the mornings. You know, my partner, he will go outside every morning. And I have been working from home for 13, coming up 14 months. And I'm feeling like I'm not getting out enough. And I just had some tests done. And so I I have an appointment on Monday to go over those with a functional medicine practitioner. And I'm really excited to get, you know, to hear what they've got to say. Yes, yes. That's so important to make sure that your body's functioning properly. There's so many symptoms that could rear their ugly heads if your cells aren't working the, the way that they should. Absolutely. Now, can you just talk a little bit about how people can work with you, your website, how they can find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Kelly Murray Sleep. I provide tons of free um, free sleep tips. I also do a weekly Q and A, and then my website is KellyMurrayAdultSleep.com. And if you're interested in working with me because your children have issues, you can check me out at KellyMurraySleep.com. Kelly, I will have all that in the in the show notes as well. And then one final question. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in right now? Yeah, so I, I would tell her that um, not to be afraid of turning 40, that <laughs> it's a great age. I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. I feel so much wiser and in control and at peace with who I am. That's perfect advice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate all the information that you shared, and it's going to help somebody listening. I hope so. Do you have any final words that you would like to say? Yeah. So I just want to tell people who are working on their sleep is to make sure that you're not doing all the things all at once, because it could be really overwhelming and make your journey journey even more stressful. So 
take a few of the tips that I provided and start implementing them in your daily routines and then keep incorporating more and more and more and be easy on yourself. Show yourself grace. It's not something that turns around overnight. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks for joining us this week on Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Make sure to visit our website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you could simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Until next time, live inspired.